Radio. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And everything's coming up Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by the Vegetable Division of Union Carbide. We just have one this week. Ah, I know. Or I guess I mean by association, baby corn. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are, of course, talking about the episode Weekend at Bernsey's. This is the 16th episode of the 13th season. It was directed by Michael Marcantel, written by John Vitti. <laughs> my, um, I'm reading this off of my laptop and I put the light down really low and that was a mistake. Um, written by John Vitti. Showrunner was Al Jean. Um, and it originally aired April 7th, 2002, a day after my birthday. Oh, what were you doing that year? Oh, what was I doing? Being in middle school. <laughs> Probably thinking about No Doubt. That's great. Yeah, it was Aww. a good time. That's and like really contemplating what bands to get on my um, colored bands on my braces and, um, you know, uh, probably like collecting my money to go shop at Limited too. That's great. It was a good time. Uh, choosing what <laughs> color the bands on your braces uh, is a, a memory I forgot about, but yeah. remember now loving and and really coordinating and, and thinking it was the best. You got to find your identity somehow, you yes. know, and now we got iPhone covers. Now we've got other things. Back then, we just had a Tamagotchi, <laughs> a braces band, a lunchbox. Exactly. A shirt. <laughs> We, I only had one shirt. I had one shirt, <laughs> and it was a good one, but it, it you know, as you might guess, overused. It smelled. It smelled. I was the girl with a smelly shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I was the girl with, um, I, 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 it made me think of like Marge and uh, the class struggle in Springfield episode mm-hmm. with um, the Chanel dress and constantly like repurposing it. I had like three or four key items. It was when I decided. <laughs> I think I might be a popular girl. And uh, that was really my first, um, you know, roam around in cosplay because I was not. <laughs> and so I had like three or four key items from a mall visit with my mom and just remember like trying to like reinvent it and being called out by the real popular mean girls. Didn't you wear that yesterday? Oh, no. Didn't you? I remember having a conversation with a girl in middle school where she was like, I've gone a full year without recycling an outfit. And I was like, you're 12. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about The Simpsons with a good friend of ours. Yeah. I'm so excited to have our guest on today. He is just a real love. Would you call him a mensch? <laughs> would you call him a mensch? I was. I thought you were going to ask, would you call him a real love? And I was like, I don't typically speak that way, but I like hearing <laughs> you say it. <laughs> but yes, he is a mensch. He's just, you know, warmth personified, um, you know, just a real sweet sweet dude um super talented super great he real is s'more s'more of a man s'more of a man yeah <laughs> you said warmth i got i got this picture in my head summer's just around the corner they've already set out the s'mores <laughs> ingredients at your local vons i get it i understand i'm with you um he is the host of the percast which you can find on itunes that is a podcast about cats which Ooh. holy shit and mike and i are on an episode talking about our cat movement so shout out to that he's also the producer of the incredibly popular feral audio podcast my favorite murder 
please welcome uh, Stephen Ray Morris. Oh, thank you both for having me. I'm so excited to be on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you are excited. I, I am excited. <laughs> uh, uh, just one note about the braces thing. I also loved color coordinating. Like Holiday had like yes. the, the Ooh, red and the yeah. green. And then if we're going back to 2002 when this episode came out, um, this uh, spawned my roommate in college to do uh, purple uh, on his braces uh, be in college because Mace Windu had a purple lightsaber because this is when Attack of the Clones came out when uh, Mace Windu... Uh, I love it. So, you know, something Mace good Windu. happened in 2002. <laughs> God, what a time to be alive during the prequels. We all thought they were going to be much bigger than they were. I'm not going to exhaust this topic. It's already been exhausted. But. I believe you might be the first and I would like to be the second to say they weren't that good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? On uh, It's taken me a couple years to really um, I don't want to rush your decision. my opinion. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> they could have been better. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think uh, there's a little bit of nostalgia going on for episode one right now, but that's because we were all in sixth grade and I just liked everything. But other than yeah. that, I think we're we're very happy to be, and I think even Disney is very happy to be like, let's just, I know, let's just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, I for me, I actually went on a rant last night. Um, signature rant. A, a signature rant. Uh, in an inappropriate environment, I was teaching a class and I went on a Star Wars rant about how I despise space politics. I don't give a shit about space. How politics did this come up? Um, I don't know, Ellie. <laughs> is it possible recall. that is it possible that you brought it up? I perhaps <laughs> brought it up. Uh, listen, when you're teaching a class, you can just bring up topics and people roll with it. Um, because you're teaching a class. Did they roll? They with trust it? you. They did. No one was like, "Harumph!" And they, they left the room. They were very excited not to discuss their homework. So <laughs> I think that's something I'm also learning. I well, can down say with whatever homework. the fuck I want. Um, down with homework. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't like space politics. I don't like the culture of Star Wars <laughs> fans. Yeah, you don't like you don't it's not that you hate the movies, it's that you don't like the the whole world that exists around it, maybe. I will sp- specifically say I don't like Star Wars SpaghettiOs culture. You know what <laughs> oh I mean? Oh my god, I love that. You know what I mean? Star Wars SpaghettiOs. Um but uh with that being said, I did enjoy myself at The Force Awakens. So Oh, of course. You got it. That said, and get the damn Star Get the damn Star Wars song out of Space Mountain. It makes me oh, so mad. I know. Anyway, this is this is we're way off this topic. Is Disneyland jokes. At least it was uh, yeah. At least it was. That's for our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> if you want to listen to us rant about space politics yeah. and Disneyland and Harry Potter and Sam Rockwell, maybe Sammy Davis Jr. That's another <laughs> sure. Sam. <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> uh uh pledge. Sam Levine, <laughs> Sam Waterston. Oh, I have some shit on Sam Levine. Yeah. Sam Levine. Uh, Samwise Gamgee, yeah. um, Samuel Jackson. You can get uh, get your butts over to our Patreon because mm-hmm. we're going to start releasing our bonus episodes again. Yeah, this is a great uh, transition into a commercial for our Patreon bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. So basically what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to be kind of off-roading a little bit, as Allie mentioned, discussing things that are relevant to our interests that may be not Simpsons related. Samwise. Samwise. Only Sams. <laughs> we're going to start with the Sams and then we're going to work our way to the Kevins. Um, there are so many. Kevin Hart, Kevin Don't, Nealon. We need, we need to talk Kevin about James. Kevin. We need to talk about Kevin. But uh, 
we're also going to be doing episodes where we're like talking about um, the contests uh, from The Simpsons, like uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns and like that um, house contest that we talked about a little bit on the podcast, you know, when they made that Simpsons house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And where was it? In the middle of Nevada, maybe? I think it was the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh, you're right. And um, the big disappointment is that whoever won it repainted it. So we're going to talk about that. Yes, wow. we're going to get into all of that. So if you can't get enough of the weird rants we do, <laughs> go there and you'll just find those. Yeah. Um, to go back onto topic, uh, the episode, like you said, Julia, is Weekend at Bernsey's. Now, I have never seen this before uh, until our guest asked us to watch it. Wow. Uh, He's very as, shocked by this news. <laughs> um, his hat just blew off. Um, <laughs> we got to fix that AC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, as uh, old listeners know, and now new listeners know, I'm one of those uh, golden year snobs that has uh, been you know, expanding my brain and uh, tolerance of later episodes. Um, but I did not know what this was about. So, Julia, could you help us? Absolutely. It would be my ultimate pleasure. Thank you so much. My ultimate pleasure. <laughs> what are those words? Okay. <laughs> I love Wikipedia summary so much because they always start with, in the episode, <laughs> comma. Uh, Homer Simpson is prescribed medicinal marijuana after getting pecked in the eyes by a murder of crows. While his family and friends worry about the drug altering his personality, Homer becomes Mr. Burns's vice president after cracking up at Burns's antiquated jokes. Anything we missed, Stephen? I mean, I feel like that that is actually a really great summation of the episode that almost makes it... Because to me, this episode, it was one of those Simpsons episodes where in college when I was, you know, when you're meeting people and you're like, oh, yeah, like I also watched The Simpsons growing up. What's that one episode? And I'd always refer to jokes throughout this episode, but could never remember what episode it was from. And then one day I realized it was all in the same episode yeah. because this episode is like a stoner of an episode where it just kind of like it's never in this like it it con every scene. It's like a it's like you're in a completely different episode or something. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of love it for that reason. But. It's yeah, I think that summation almost makes it seem more uh, concise than it really is, because yeah. it definitely goes a, a lot of places. Um, were you a stoner at the time? Actually, that's the funny thing is I'm not really like a stoner. I don't really smoke that much at all or anything. But I don't know, for some reason, the jokes in this episode to me are just so funny. And because I grew up watching The Simpsons when it was... Uh, in that Cindy, I mean, on Sundays, watching it on Sundays, but then also during the week, I think it was like every, maybe even every day where it was like six was Simpsons, then King of the Hill, then like Drew Carey show, then this, like, yeah, like I grew up watching TV and that was like my weeknights every week was watching the Simpsons and that, that kind of configuration. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, by this time I was already, I was a freshman in high school, but for some reason this episode was like was the thing that like my roommate and I bonded over watching like early like E Bombs World like pre YouTube uh, e like E Bombs World yeah oh. that's amazing um, and a lot of problematic stuff on that website when oh, I think boy. about it like, no. you go back and you're just like oh no <laughs> did you ever go to <laughs> yeah. punkmac.com yes yeah oh my god oh, that's Wait, crazy was punkmac punkmac.com was sort of like early there was an age in the internet um, pre YouTube where um, there were websites like E Bombs World where you can watch sort of like um, you know 
uh, torrents, basically, oh, okay, of episodes. Okay. But then Punk Mac was just like Flash animation stuff, mostly. And um, there was like, yeah, during that time, Homestar Runner was really big. So that yeah. was another Flash animation thing. Um, but yeah, just what a time to be alive. PunkMac.com, it just had like these really short animated things that became inside jokes to my friends and I. And I thought that, and I guess this is by design, we thought we were the only people that knew about it. And so it made it feel really special. Totally. I yeah. Mean, I mean, those websites, I feel like, didn't have the kind of analytics now that people People expect from those, you know, YouTube has all these things. E bombs world, I feel like it was just a 320 by, you know, blurry, like yeah. with like weird, like, um, you know, watermarks and stuff all over it. And it was just like, I feel like there's a website where you literally just click the name of a video. There was no preview and you would just click a name that looked interesting and it would just oh, play yeah. a video. But I don't remember what yeah, it was or anything. What a but. time. It, that reminds me of when I was in film school. Um, I remember being in a screenwriting class and the assignment was to like watch Boogie Nights and, you know, um, come back and talk about. Nice. Hey, how old were you? Uh, I was in college. Oh, in college. <laughs> I was like, like it, it was super appropriate. <laughs> we were watching it for academic reasons. Uh, I was of age. Um, but uh, I remember not being able to find it at the library or anything. So I went to the Internet and I think I even went to E-Bombs World and found like a Korean, like weird, blurry copy of it. And it was so blurry and pixelated uh, the entire time, except for the big dick revealing scene where it was crystal clear I kid you not we gotta put our energy all into that, that moment <laughs> I loved that so much I was like oh man this is kind of fun that I'm seeing like this weird commentary on how much they appreciate this one moment that's very funny <laughs> yeah it was a it was an interesting time for comedy I've talked about it before I always love looking at comedy um, pre 9-11 and post I think it's very 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 dramatic uh there's a dramatic shift that happens um and you know i would love to to study justice simpson on this and i believe other people have and i really want to go into it but it is interesting to kind of look at like like the like the looseness of this episode versus like other types of drug references in the simpsons before where there's like more mm -hmm. of a there's usually an adult that's like more um I don't know. There's there's a different type of insight. So it was, it's interesting. And I want to kind of be thinking about that as we discuss the episode, just because I think it's like yeah. fun to, to look at, like, what was comedy like in 2002? Right. Totally. And also, like, historically, we're kind of moving away from that 90s era of the war on drugs. You know, Nancy Reagan isn't like really leading the charge anymore at this point. And so we are seeing a looseness. And I think that there is a lot of truth to pre and post 9-11 of like just our general attitude about, you know, like what those sort of social cultures are. And I read a little bit on this episode that there was, of course, a little bit of kickback with um, Fox and the yeah. treatment of they didn't want um, Homer like seen, you know, inhaling and smoking in that way. So they found clever oh. little cut arounds. <laughs> that and, really makes that funny. Yeah. Um, of yeah. course, we see in the episode uh, later that the police try to get rid of it by burning it all and yeah. everyone's able to inhale it. <laughs> yeah. 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 They just it was the um, visual of like putting that joint to his mouth that they thought would somehow influence, you know, legions of teens and young people to go down the dark side. I mean, if but, it was Bart, but I, I think having it be Homer is just kind of like, who wants to be like Homer as a kid? Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because it's like that was a kind of a re re revelation, a revelation for me when I went to college because I grew up in Orange County where it was like 
pretty conservative. And like, to me, when I met people from like the Bay Area who are like, yeah, I smoke pot with my dad or my mom. And I'm like, whoa, like, right, right, like right. so yeah, it's interesting that, that they decided, and I didn't even think about this until right now, that they decided to tackle it with Homer and not have one of the kids try pot or something. Right. Yeah. And, and. I mean, maybe that would have been too scandalous. It would have been too scandalous. And and I'm sure people will correct us if that has. I haven't seen every episode of The Simpsons, Shock of All Shocks. Um, but maybe that has happened in a later one. But I do think that there is something that is very, you know, wise and clever about having it be Homer. And I, also, I feel like this is um, overall pretty early in the medicinal marijuana kind of craze um, that then, of course, led to, you know, Denver and Colorado, um, you know, legalizing it. And then now it's... It's still, it's still on, uh, you know, uh, the bills. Um, <laughs> the episode's still, still relevant still in some relevant. places. Yeah, I was just talking off podcast about how, you know, this episode, uh, it's from, what is it? Yeah, like 15 years ago. And it's still kind of relevant in, in just the general argument of what should be legal and what is dangerous and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it is funny to look at how pot has changed so much too. It's also, I just love looking at the Simpsons in terms of like, where were we in history? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's really fun. Also, I just have to tell you some of the movies that came out in 2002 to kind of set the scene oh, of like please. comedies. <laughs> and another thing is like, I also love, this is not Simpsons, but I also love just looking at like, how high are the, are the genes on people? Like, you know, like, and, you know, I thought you were going to go, watermark. how high is Homer? <laughs> but no, the genes for sure. And it's just kind of like, oh yeah. So, I tend to like the Simpsons when the genes are a little higher. <laughs> they go down a little bit. Maybe that's not the time for me. They come back up. Maybe Please, I like somebody them again. Make the timeline. Somebody <laughs> oh make my god, that would be amazing. That. I would love amazing, that. Yeah. Um, so we had uh, movies like Scooby Doo. Um, we had which I maintain was a pretty solid movie. Yeah, they had yeah. really great marketing tie-ins and great cast. Yeah, great cast. But do you also remember they had like a really great ice cream um, with uh, Scooby snacks that were kind of like cookie dough bits. I. I honestly oh, wish so good. It was I so wish good. every single movie had tie-ins with snacks. Yes. Um, including my big fat Greek wedding. Ooh. Uh, Van Wilder, 40 Days and 40 Nights. Forty uh, days and forty nights. Barbershop, man, oh man. Hot, the hot chick, gold member, bend it like Beckham, Jackass. Um, Jackass was that was game changing. And we got Ice Age and uh, the Master of Disguise, <laughs> no. Game Changer. We no longer like Dana Carvey. Oh, man. Uh, we like him again now. Turtle. Um, and the Santa Claus 2, Orange County. So like, Orange County. Wow. Orange Holy County is a legit shit, good movie. Legit good movie. First, well, no, the first MTV movie was Joseph Apartment, but I feel like that was like their second and like the big, big, big one. It was right around the time that Sugar and Spice also came out, which I believe was also um, an MTV movie that didn't really go anywhere. But Orange County. County man, Mike White, he's fucking great. We got to get him on the podcast. He's number one. He's number one. Um, yeah. So it's I. You know, obviously every move every year has you know blockbuster type movies, but we don't see comedies that much anymore. Like there really aren't that many like big big comedies because they're mostly on TV. Like we mostly are living in the TV age. Like there's not a long list of comedies that I could say that came out this year that we all are like, oh yes, we all saw that. We all right. went to go see it. Like um and. In 2002, like the movies that are coming out are like pretty over the top and silly and goofy. And like we're all just having some fun because, you know, 
we just had a really scary thing happen. Yeah. Right, right. And we right. all just want to escape it and have fun laughing. Mm-hmm. And I think this episode of The Simpsons is, is uh, symbolic of that as well, where yeah. it's like Homer is literally <laughs> escaping by being super, super high and getting eaten by crows and like yeah. really surreal things like the, you know, the, the way that they handle even our beloved characters like Mr. Burns, like. There's a shot of him, like when uh, there's a fear that he's dead, where, uh, you know, uh, Whalen hugs him and he kind of like slips out of his body. Really? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it kind of scared me, <laughs> but it's there. It, yeah. It's just interesting. It's yeah. so, as someone who never saw it and grew up with it, I love kind of going back and just examining it. So, for me at least, and, and Julia, I hope that you'll go through it however you want. I'm mostly just curious about like, what you like about this episode yeah, yeah. And, and what it means to you as a Simpsons fan. For and sure. Julia, had you seen this one before? I hadn't. Okay, so oh, we're, wow. both, oh my we're gosh. both newbies. Both, yeah, watching I mean, it cold. I mean, I, I kind of assumed that since listening to your show that this might be the latest episode in the run that you've probably covered oh, so far. I think you're dead wrong. Uh, oh, we, really? <laughs> we did another season 13 episode, The Old oh, Man uh, and the Key. And um, that's the one where Abe uh, dates the 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 floozy woman. Yeah, um, I think I remember that one. And uh, we've also done a later one with Matt Selman. Um, yeah, and we the did Portland a later episode. one with Mike Scully too, the rock and roll fantasy camp one. Thanks. That one is so so good that it feels yeah, so like I, know. I don't know. There's something about it. I think it's because it's Mike Scully. But yeah, um, yeah. I think a lot of our listeners uh, are uh, people that have watched. Uh, throughout and they still love the new ones but we also have some of the listeners that are kind of like maybe they've also never seen it so i guess what i would like for you to do is try to charm us into this season 13 episode that (laughs) is so unlike our arms are crossed (laughs) well it almost giving you the stink eye well almost i mean it feels like really because i know it's like simpsons was a sitcom in the sense that you know things reset but it almost feels like this episode almost feels so kind of like its own little vacuum you know where it's totally. like it I felt like, like a I halloween like, episode yeah i was I like kept checking i was like mr burns definitely knows who homer is but like it's one of those things where it's just like oh hello young man like that kind of thing i don't know, i just really like actually realizing rewatching it again i actually really like the dynamic between marge and homer in this episode where they're like fighting but it's this thing of like they're always kind of like one upping each other in a way that I find very charming where it's like she's going to sell him out, then he's going to sell her out. And it's just like that's the part that really appealed to me. I mean, it's not a very like uh, Lisa or Bart episode, but I mean, one of my favorite moments in the episode is near the end when Lisa is like, you know, I'm not really sure what I want. And just, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Um, I feel like to me this episode, and I wonder if this is emblematic of the fact that this episode came out after Family Guy has been on the air. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's I a great it, point. I think it had been on the air for about, because yeah, it came out, there was like a Y2K episode. So it must have been out for already two or three years. So I wonder if, and maybe you, you both can speak to this in terms of the staff, the writing staff at the time or things like, I wonder if this was their way of like, because this almost feels kind of like a Family Guy-esque Simpsons in a weird way. Uh, um, so uh, I just checked and it was um, 1999. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so uh, Family Guy had already been on the air for three years. Um, yeah. I just really like the gags in this episode. Mm-hmm. I think like in a way I was like, listen, I loved your your episode with Jackie Johnson because it was so personal. And I was like, oh, this like I don't really have that like because I'm not a stoner or anything. Like I don't necessarily have like a uh, a personal connection with like the 
you know, the smoking weed part or like, I definitely think it should be legalized everywhere. And like, this is yeah, all yeah. that, like all the politics stuff. Like, it's like, yeah, like, like there's so many worse things out there. I mean, my, one of my favorite moments in the episode is like, we were going to host an intervention for you. And then I got alcohol poisoning and I nearly <laughs> died. Like, yeah, you know, it's right. like, I like, I like this, that, you know, this episode was like pretty, you know, balanced at the time, like, or that that's what their goal was when I was reading from the perspective of some of the writers. But like, um, yeah, I guess for me, it's like, so I'm definitely on on board with that. So for me, this episode is just one of those. And I think why I rediscovered it in college and it just became one of those like fun episodes that I could always put on a watch at any point. And it was something that it's very quotable for me. Like you're mm-hmm. covered in a very fine fuzz. Like it's something <laughs> that my roommate and I from college say all the time. Yeah. Well, this or, is wall to wall jokes. And I think that that's also a testament to, you know, who was on the staff at the time. I mean, Dana Gold was in the room. Oh, and, cool. Like, this, Matt Selman was, you know, working on this episode, of course. And um also, in, in my research of it, um, a lot of people, particularly Mike Rice, had said that this is like the most fun he's ever had working on an episode of The Simpsons. Oh, that's so cool. Interesting. It's crazy because it's 2002 and he's already done quite a number of episodes. Yeah. Well, I do I do really feel like th- this episode is so unlike everything um, preceding it. And it also maybe opened the door for a lot more types of jokes like this. But mm-hmm. it's definitely not grounded. And I was yeah. definitely <laughs> thinking... Um, the whole time that Dino would have hated this episode. Right, 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 because of our discussion with him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so for those that uh, didn't listen to that episode, Dino came on the show and stopped watching after season one, uh, because season two, they have a um, parade float of Bart Simpson, and it was too meta too for meta. him. And that's Dino Stamatopoulos, for uh, people yes. that don't know Sorry. him as his Madonna uh, pop <laughs> diva persona. I mean, this yeah, this episode has a pop-up video segment. Which I, know, I, I forgot. Say. Yeah. And the Simpsons have done that before. Um, they did that w- when we uh, talked to Tim Long. We talked about um, the, the behind the laughter episode. Yeah. And they do a lot of those. And this is also a reference that if you're watching it today, you probably would be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? There are a lot of really interesting, very quick jokes. Like this is, again, like I said, wall wall jokes. Um, some that stuck out to me were, um, so Marge uh, has taken to gardening in the first act of this episode. And so that's sort of where we start. And she decides that she's going to build a scarecrow to get the crows away. And before she uh, mounts the scarecrow, it's just a cross and like a little, you know, patch of dirt. And then we see because it is a cross Flanders and the kids praying at the cross before the scarecrow appears and then they like immediately sort of dash out in just like a really quick cut um, and yeah like the the crow jokes uh, Russell Crow like Homer's become friends with the crows and he's named all them Russell Crow Cameron Crow Crow Diddley <laughs> Hume Cronin Gregory Peck. Peck that's cute <laughs> yeah I know it, that was I mean, it's more impressive that there's that many people with crow in their name or bird related. I'm sure you could keep going. They could have done. I can't imagine what if cut for time. Probably like yeah. in the in the writers' room, they're probably like, let's just like see how many we can, and then they just pick like the five best ones <laughs> or something. Yeah, and this is a longer episode because we know that uh, mm-hmm. the opening sequence is very brief. Um, and then I was watching this with my husband Mike, which is a great sentence. I love saying. Um, but we were watching it, and he was like, "That exterior was only four frames. <laughs> like, man, they must have been really pressed for time." What a nerd! I was I like, love "Shut it. up, you animator. Get <laughs> out of here. No one cares." Is is That's it, so cute. Is it because also in this episode they have a guest star, they have the band Fish, and I almost feel like whenever they have oh, bands yeah. in TV shows, like I was watching, um, I was watching Buffy, and that was a show that had tons of bands, and I always feel like when they have a band on a TV show, they have to, 
they're like, okay, we got to devote at least like two minutes to them. And so like everything. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like we're going to have fish on. They're actually going to say lines. Like, so it's almost like that segment almost feels longer than the rest of the episode in a way. It's the fish episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And there's so many. I mean, yeah, the murder of crows thing, I think, speaks directly (laughs) to like this guy that we all know who thinks like it's super funny that like it's called a murder, like those weird like kind of party trick lines. (laughs) Um, And I love that line from Dr. Hibbert. So then so he gets Homer gets his eyes pecked by the crows. And that is terrifying. terrifying. I have an eye thing. Do you have an eye thing? Yes. I have an eye thing with like needles and shit. Sorry. (laughs) My my hang nail thing too. Oh, me too. Oh, no, no. Oh, there's nothing worse. The thing in um, Black Swan. Oh god. Oh, yeah. ah, no. <laughs> but the my former coworker got LASIK and she like filmed the vi- like they filmed the video of her eye surgery <laughs> and then she no. put music to it and then put it on video no, no. and I'm just like nope, not watching this? this. Yeah, not Ugh. watching that. Friend of the podcast and and our personal friend Jonah Ray just got LASIK and he was talking to me about it and asking like, hey, you think you'd ever do it? Come on. And I was like, ah, lasers? No, thank you. I can't even. Can't not even risking it. it. Also, what, a, what about our precious brand? I know. Jonah brand. Blew it. I know. Jo- I feel like Jonah already all, regrets it. Downhill from here. Yeah, we all liked him better before. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, all right, that leaves uh, Homer. He's I'm injured. not done talking about how much I dislike Jonah Ray. Okay, well, you know what? How about this? <laughs> Let's take a brief break. You can shit talk Jonah Ray, and we'll be right back. Oh, my God. I can't believe... Wow, <laughs> I, that's surprising. All the stuff well, that you is that I mean, you felt we did that record way. it, right? We well, we no. Oh, it's shit. not going to be was on your Patreon. That? No, it's <laughs> well, yeah. Subscribe to our Patreon if you want to hear a shit talk a dear friend of ours. <laughs> um, all right, welcome back. So now we have Homer. He's injured and he needs to go to the doctor, and so he goes, of course, to Doctor Hibbert, who introduces um, the concept of medicinal marijuana to him as being a, uh, a treatment for his uh, injured eyes. And Hibbert yeah. does seem very much like a man who likes to smoke. <laughs> he does. I will just say. He's very he, cash. It makes sense for him. Yeah. He smokes like a joint out in the parking lot like before <laughs> he goes in. He's like, I, I mean, I feel like you would if you're a doctor and you have to deal with like the dealing with seeing all this trial. Although I feel like the Simpsons hospital probably isn't seeing a lot of crazy stuff compared to like another hospital somewhere else. I mean, uh, 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 what's his face? Uh, oh my God, Doctor Nick has to deal with Mister McGreg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with a leg for like an, an arm and an arm for a leg. leg. Oh, what a that's pretty thing. crazy. That's pretty. That's pretty. That is pretty crazy. You're right. I just like the line. You don't see that much. I just like the line where Homer. Check, please. Where, no, no. Uh, where Homer's like, hmm, fascinating. Can you do something about my searing pain? I just like watching this again made me realize how much I appreciate all the voice actors because like both yeah. Marge and Homer have just the way they say things are so interesting and funny that it's like, yeah, even if yeah. the lines aren't, you know, even if lines aren't necessarily great or jokes aren't great, it's like I feel like they're those actors are putting in like 110% to everything they're doing. They elevate the performance. They elevate the line so much. Because, yeah, yeah. Marge has to, for a lot of this episode, kind of has to do that role of being, I mean, she even says, like, I don't mean to nag, but, like, so she has to do a lot of this, like, you know, being the person that's like, Homer, you shouldn't do drugs, but then she's so funny in the way that she's doing it, the the performance, that it's, like, it turns lines that might just be... um, like exposition or just moving the plot and she makes them really funny to me like unless I testify against you like <laughs> yeah. and just the way her eyes narrow and like I just love that I've been really noticing that just overall in, in the shows I've been watching of like you know performances that really elevate the script in a big way and I feel like the 
biggest example of that recently is have you guys seen um, the latest season of Catastrophe? Yes. Oh my god. It is so good. Oh my god. Catastrophe. Oh my god. It's so Catastrophe good. is the Rob Delaney show with Sharon Horgan, who's oh no. fantastic. Fantastic. They write it together. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I um had binged I like rewatched season two and binged it with season three and you know, it's it's a show that everyone's explored the concept of. You could cite Mad About You. You could cite, like, all the things of, you know, a couple trying to figure out, like, life with kids and marriage and blah, 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 blah. You know, very basic stuff. But their take on it is so specific and so unique. But also their performances. I don't know. I just was really blown away, especially for Rob Delaney, because I know that it's really hard to transition from being um, not just a stand-up, not just a comedic actor, but, like, to go into like being fully fledged like I'm gonna act the shit out of this and he does and it's oh, fantastic cool. um, but yeah the same with like the voice performers I feel like Dan Castellaneta he like finds ways to like you know lilt his voice in such a way it's that so like special. amps it up and I feel like everyone we've talked to that's worked on the show has given him that immediate credit yeah well I mean in the next I think it's the next scene where it's him trying it for the first time and then he you can just hear him singing. And I just love in shows when they let people sing naturally. Yeah. When they just let them like, and the idea that like Homer would totally vamp, like he wouldn't just be like smoke on the wall. Like he'd just be like, duh, duh. like he yeah. just totally like goes to town. Uh, in yeah. The next scene. Yeah, absolutely. And also it's difficult to play a character inebriated. So, you know, to that, fake that stuff is so funny to me. Yeah. Like when you hear stories about like, oh, it's just either non-alcoholic or a light beer or it's just a, you know, just tobacco cigarette or something yeah. to pretend to be weed. Right. We're right. Yeah. And and he does it in such a great way. Okay. Let's see. Toke as needed. Caution. Objects may appear more edible than they actually are. Smells like the art teacher's office. Smoke in the water. Guilty of possession. I could go to prison. Unless I testify against you. Marge, it's making my eyes better. And it's legal. I could walk up to the president and blow smoke in his stupid monkey face. And he'd just have to sit there grooving on it. Um... So, yeah, we go from there where he's, like, getting real stoned. And we know that it's only a matter of time until Otto shows up. And I'm glad that he does. <laughs> Me too. I also need to ask, and I believe we've had a... I believe we talked about it on our first uh, Patreon episode. How old is Otto? <laughs> right. How old is Otto? He drives a bus. I feel like he's 
in his 40s. I think he I think he'd be in his 40s. I also think he could be in his 20s. Like yeah, I, I totally believe right, that. Right. Cuz he also like has like a stupidity to him that might not just be being a stoner. It's a naivete. Yes, and it has great <laughs> lines. Um, so basically, Otto and Homer are smoking together in kind of like this basement watching cartoons and stuff, and Marge comes in and kind of tries to shake it off, and mm-hmm. um, he's just like, your mom is hot, which <laughs> <laughs> is great. Um, I love that line where, um, yeah, so they're doing that like typical stoner thing. It reminded me so much of college because I, um, for a full year, had uh, three guys as roommates. Um, <laughs> I'm so the sorry. The worst. Um, one of them was my boyfriend, but, you know, that didn't help. Um, <laughs> but uh, Otto is Otto backwards. <laughs> now I'm scared. No, I'm scared. <laughs> that was His so funny. His go eyes go wild. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. That's something I do. I feel like I did with my friends in college, too, all the time of just that, like, that... F- to me, and I'm thinking about a lot of the stuff that I find funny in this episode, the form of these jokes to me are really funny. The Absolutely. idea of like yeah. of like saying this thing and then you're just like, it's almost that like Keanu, like, whoa, like you're just yeah. like, it's like a truth, but it's like, or like a, like a, whoa, like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a mundane, like, um, you know, uh, moment where you're like oh my gosh you're like auto is spelled it's like but it's like that's such a mundane like crazy thing but it's but then reacting inappropriately to it like that where you're just like i'm scared like i don't know i like that form totally whatever that form whatever the like formal joke is yeah there are just a lot of like really great quick lines you know um like burns and uh smithers have a back and forth and i forget exactly what leads up to this but um i think smithers says something to Burns. Oh, oh, he goes, uh, it's right after Burns says that he's going to make Homer his new vice president, which is just very arbitrary. I mean, arbitrary on purpose, but overall, I was like, oh, geez, <laughs> this, this episode is moving at a breakneck pace. But um, Smithers says something like, oh, you kind of hinted that you were going to give me that position. And I love that Burns says this. I would have said anything to get your stem cells. So creepy. It's just so creepy and dark. And feels, I that, love it. That moment feels very timely. You know? Yeah. I feel like stem cells were, I feel like, a topic of conversation in the early yeah, 2000s. Yeah. I do feel like, yeah, I do feel like this whole episode has a lot of um, 2002 around it, including, like, the very, very beginning, what leads Marge to gardening is, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what is the word for those vegetables, by the way? Uh, uh, genetically modified. Yeah, genetically modified vegetables. I remember reading about that and, like, not knowing what the deal is. And the Simpsons uh, really, 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 like, get supernatural and like unlike the Simpsons and they have uh Lisa's like carrot being eaten by her potato or something. Yeah, yeah. my potato's yeah. eating my carrot. <laughs> yeah. It's really surreal. It is yeah. surreal, which is why it's uh, it's just an unusual episode because yeah. they only do that kind of stuff in Halloween episodes. Um and everything about this kind of breaks the rules of a Simpsons episode from what I have known them to be. Sure, yeah. It's so interesting to me. Rem- yeah. Like, it- I love looking at it. It reminds me a little bit of the Tamako episode yes. in that sense. What season yeah. was that? Because that probably would have been another choice of mine. I think that was season uh, 10, but I'll have to double check. But I, yeah, that that is like, yeah, that's another, like, that's another thing, like, for The Simpsons. Like, they didn't do anything. Because I think even in the Mr. Paul episode, when you guys did it with Jesse Thorne, like, you're talking about how, like, in that era, like, you might have a surreal moment, but it's in somebody's head. It's exactly. not part of the reality of yeah. the show. Right. Like, uh, you know, when we talked to um, Mike Scully about, uh, you know, finding a reason to make things animated, uh, right. he points to the 
um, episode where he shoplifts and Bart, Bart sees the the manager of the place like in the back of his seat saying uh, catfish instead yeah. of capiche. Yeah. Um, and that's clearly just in Bart's Braga. head. Yeah. So good. But so good. Yeah. It's but shows evolve. And um, just because The Simpsons did that in this season doesn't mean that that's something that they also continue to do or that, you know, it ebbs and flows. Like, that's one yeah. of the interesting things about a show like this. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that it that's like one of the larger characteristics of later Simpsons is that it ebbs and flows. And I'm not sure if that is, you know, um, symptomatic of the writers sort of shifting hands so often mm -hmm. um you know we, we see a lot of consistency in the writer's room from um you know like seasons two through i'll say eight that it seems to be like the same group of dudes um and dudettes um but i feel like they had more sort of changing of the guards um in the later episodes also i wanted to say the tomaco episode is i was close season 11 oh, okay fifth episode of season 11 but yeah, I feel like they take a lot of risks in the later episodes, and this is definitely an example of that. Um, and I, I, I kind of love all the pop culture stuff. It doesn't have as like clear a shelf life as some of their other stuff. I mean, the pop totally. up video thing is pretty dated. Um, it was probably dated yeah. even then. Yeah, I think so. Probably, like, yeah. <laughs> like I think it was a dated reference because I like. I mean, I definitely was watching VH1 in um, VH1 in high school, but it was like that rotation of. Again, watching The Simpsons like every night. Oh, yeah. They even made a reference to like the show after Friends. I know. Which, which was them, right? Oh. Uh, I feel. Maybe. I don't think it I, was. I just went that, by context clues. I was right, like, they right. make fun of themselves so much that well, it must be that. Well, I think it was a thing where it was like any, or at least my memory was like that any show that happened after Friends was like a death spot because yeah. it was like... Because I remember also at that time, like Survivor had started when we like when I was in high school. So it was like Survivor versus Friends. I don't know. That's just that's that was the only context I had for the joke. But I, I wonder like, yeah, I wonder what the reality of what it was, because that's just my memory of it, that like whatever was after Friends is just kind of like this revolving slot <laughs> of like, let's try and make this thing successful. Right. Yeah. Like by just writing the coattails of like when they had um like recently that when the X-Files came back, they had like Lucifer play after it to just be like, here, if, you, if you're not paying attention, you'll start watching this other right, show right, after. Right. Though it's interesting that we live now in this modern age where everybody's cut the cord and we're all streaming stuff where that kind of stuff doesn't really matter. They're yeah, not yeah. really taking in those analytics anymore. Yeah. Um, um, that said, let me tell you 11 failed uh, TV shows that aired in between Ooh! Friends and Seinfeld. Yes, thank oh you. God. So <laughs> it was a difficult spot. That's a, it's it is so cool to look back on these things. So you might not have heard of any of these. The single guy. Hmm. What? Which is Ernest Borgnine playing Jonathan Silverman's doorman. Great. Rhythm blues. Uh, a radio DJ goes back to work at a black radio station. Lasted only five episodes. Daddy-o. No. Um, Michael Chiklis starred as a single dad. Only nine episodes. Wow. Hope <laughs> and Gloria. It has no description. <laughs> Great. Ouch. Boston Common. Mm. Uh, it kind of looks like it was supposed to be a little bit like a college show. Um, it looks awful. The Curse slash The Weber Show. <laughs> uh, the show was so bad that they actually changed the name halfway through the season. Wow. Uh, Union Square, uh, a series about a playwright and her friends who hang out in a New York City cafe, only lasted one season. Union Square. <laughs> wow. Um, oh, this one I do know. Inside Schwartz, which is Breck and Meyer's show. Oh, cool. Um, 
it lasted one season. Damn. Four Kings. Seth Green started as one of the group of friends in New York, sensing a theme. Uh, Only six episodes. Jessie, which is Christina Applegate's show, she started as a single mother. That's funny because she's done another failed TV show where she's a mother with Will Arnett. It's called Up All Night, which was one of my favorite shows. Yeah, but that one lasted five seasons. <laughs> that was not five seasons, was Four it? Four or five, yeah. What? It lasted a long time. I thought it was like two seasons. No way. In Damn. fact, I've got a little bit of intel for that. Um, Please. The, so I love that show. It was produced by Lauren Michaels. And um, I heard that their Hail Mary pass was going to be shifting it maybe in season four or season five, whatever the last season was, they were going to make it a three camera show with an audience. Whoa. And they never did. I but, can't believe it lasted yeah. that long. I watched every episode. Damn. I think I did too, though. That's <laughs> I'm was, so dumb. There was a clear <laughs> distinction between like what they were going for between season one and season two. Cause yeah, the baby one, disappeared. <laughs> the baby disappeared. Oh, wow. But season one, Maya Rudolph played like an Oprah type character. Yes. Um, and Christina Applegate was like her lead producer. And I was so invested in that show. Me too. Um, and then they kind of like danced away from it and made Maya Rudolph. I think she got fired and then she didn't have that job. So then it was like they had to reinvent her character. Why? 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 The next the next and last is Leap of Faith, which is Ken Marino. And it's a Sex in the City knockoff. <laughs> um, but Ken Marino plays the Charlotte type character. Ken Marino. Uh, only six episodes. Yeah. Jesus, like a so, graveyard. So, you know, I yeah. bet that was around the time. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but if you guys, uh, have you guys ever been to Disney World? A little place called Disney World? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Um, did you guys know that I think that there are at least two rides where members of the state appear in the ride video? And the one that I can remember clearly is Ken Marino is in the ride video for the Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster. <laughs> He plays the sound engineer. Wait, what? There was an Aerosmith role. I went to Disney. Yeah. I went to Disney World, and when whenever The Lion King came out, so it was oh yeah, ninety six. It's so right. the rock and roller coaster. It is at yeah. um, Disney Hollywood Studios, formerly MGM Grand. I did go to MGM. I went to the Muppets when they had the Muppets there. Yeah, and the Tower of Terror when it was because the one. Well, now it's the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, but the one in ninety four. I, I was off. Oh wow! I remember the uh, the Tower of Terror in Florida being much better because it was taller because there was less building codes. But in like it also they... goes off track. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't remember it, that. Oh really? That's scary. That one. This is uh, again. Subscribe to our Patreon to talk we'll about. Way more. We'll get way more. I was going to say I did work at Disneyland in high school. So. We're going to have you <laughs> on. I, well, I worked in college. Oh nice. Um, uh, it, that one goes off track. It it like goes up the elevator chute, but then like go, go gets out of the elevator and goes through basically oh, like yeah, the opening. Of the Twilight Zone with all like the eyes floating and stuff like that, and That's then it gets so into crazy. another elevator chute, and then you drop. Well, speaking of going off track, hey, <laughs> are um, we high right now? I think this is the stoner episode. I know. So. Yeah, um, there are some moments that are during the Fish show that I think are great. Um, so Fish is playing, and uh, I wish that our intern Brandon were with us now. He goes and sees He's every single fish fan. Really? solitary yeah. Fish oh show. Mm-hmm. So does our friend Bart Coleman, who books yeah. at midnight. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, that culture is so funny and basically while they're playing and they're known as being like kind of a stoner band and um, kind of a stoner band Allie <laughs> good lord the the stoner band now that the dead is not really doing <laughs> shit um there's uh there's this moment where they're just like hey like we smell marijuana it better be medicinal and we we get like i want to see some you know some slips and we get like a very hip 
not hip, but a very hippy um, looking Hans yeah, Molman. Hans Molman tie dye shirt. Who's wearing like a backwards hat and like it's so sad and he gives him the paper and then um I don't know the names of the guys from Fish, but one mm. of them is <laughs> Mr. Fish said um <laughs> said um it's like, Oh man, you're seriously ill and Mole Man is just like uh I didn't hear it, but I couldn't hear it. I didn't hear it from my doctor. I had to hear it from the band Fish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I smell marijuana smoke. That better be medicinal. If Fish don't see a prescription slip, we are out of here. We can wait all night, people. Here we go. Uh, head to toes, spread throughout the pipe. Whoa, this guy is seriously ill. My doctor never told me that. I had to hear it from fish. Such a weird thing. And then one line that I have heard before this episode, before I saw it, is uh, the Otto and 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 Homer uh, missed the whole point of this like festival was to kind of make it the vote, but they missed the day. And so marijuana ends up being not legalized anymore. And, um, they're just standing there looking at their hands and Otto says like, um, uh, why, why are they called fingers? I've never seen them thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there they go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of jokes like this too. And they kind of take their sweet time, um, with the sequence and, you know, they have, so yeah, Homer is just blitzed out of his mind high this entire time. I'm also not a hundred percent on why he is suddenly, again, like his role as a vice president of the nuclear power plant is like very brushed very, over, very brushed over. Or and then him as an organizer for this. Yeah. Merit like that. Is never you could almost imagine a whole episode in in an earlier yeah. Simpsons where it'd be around him organizing this thing, and it just becomes sort of uh, this episode is very much just like getting to be these kind of set pieces, right? Breakne- breakneck pace, sort of pacing with it, um, and so yeah, they I, the example of taking their sweetest time. He has that realization, and then we see that they are like kind of stoned out, like thinking about it, and then. S- you know, night falls and they're still stoned out thinking about it. So that's like a fun little moment with it. One of the most surreal things to me actually in this episode is that Homer goes and there's just happens to be like a news box thing where you get new, I don't know. (laughs) A news box. <laughs> Whatever those things are, we get newspapers from, which yeah. are just like I newspaper mean, dispenser. Yes, I think I think <laughs> sure. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like that. That's just sort of sitting on the stage. Like that. That's just like on the stage. Yeah. Like that to me was a very like in a way that was one of the most surreal moments to me, where they just like it's like putting a stoplight in your uh, house or something. Like it's yeah. just a very like well, this thing is here because it just needs to be here, and I don't know why, but it did strike. It actually kind of made me laugh. The idea that he's just like oh. And then just like looks right. at the newspaper. It's very random. Yeah. So then also, I mean, we talked a little bit about how like windy, um, you know, story wise this episode is. We get the title Weekend at Burnsies, which so late into yeah. so late. The last but like it, five minutes of that, that episode. tells us, oh, if, if I was just like I did this morning watching it cold and I didn't know anything about the plot, I'd be like, oh, so this is going to be the bulk of the episode, that there's going to be some sort of mishap that occurs that then they have to have Burns, you know, be on streams, like in Weekend at Bernie's and blah, blah, blah. That happens not only 
in the third act, but so late in the third yeah. act. Like we have, I think, a collective two minutes with Burns in this episode. Yep. If that, that's me be- being generous. <laughs> it's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's just so bizarre. It is. And so the way that this comes to be is basically um, the, the way that uh, Homer was hired is because he was the easiest laugh and Burns is a fragile man who needs to have all of his jokes laughed at. And <laughs> Good enough uh, reason, I will say. That yeah, was fun. Honest yeah. feedback. Yeah. And, um, you know, Smithers just can't do it and he wants to and he's trying but he can't. And there's this moment where they're both kind of sitting and Homer has already given up weed and uh, they're both trying and he, Homer pulls out this um, pulls out this joint for them to smoke while Burns is in the bath. And that's when we get Smithers in the Judy Garland suit, which looks fabulous. Yeah, and yeah. Um, we uh, end up realizing, like, oh, my God, it's been an hour. They think that they've killed him in the tub. And we have that terrifying, disturbing image that will never leave my head of of just burns. a slippery Burns slipping out of the hands. Uh, a naked so Burns, gross. by the way. A naked Burns. You're too beautiful for this world. <laughs> wow, what a great yeah. impression. Oh, that was really good. Um, do, you relate the most to, do you relate the most to Smithers? Uh, no, actually, but I, I really like him in this episode when he... I like when... Um, I like when Smithers, when you get a peek at his own life. I always love episodes where you like. Wasn't there an episode when he has like a Barbie collection or something? Or yeah, Lisa, Mal- the Malibu, Malibu Stacy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love like whenever you get a peek into a side character's life that isn't that, kind of unexpected. That know? episode also has. Well, Lisa goes over to his house and we get the um, computer. And it's like this, like, I don't know how you describe, like, Smithers. the visuals. You uh, are good at turning, turning me on. on. <laughs> I also, Ignore that. <laughs> I also miss that specific brand of computer, that age of, like, the Apple II and stuff like that. But that goes to um, finding out, like, the history of a character or seeing them at home, that kind of stuff. That's my favorite kind of storytelling within the confines of a TV show. Like, I love, you know, references to something as quick as, like, oh, don't you know, this is Smithers' Dark Day or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then they like sort of introduce this history um, that I don't know it just expands the world it expands our understanding of the character and I think that it's like such a really great efficient way to sort of you know get deep into that narrative storytelling that always makes me feel really good yeah. totally mm-hmm. um, something that made me feel not very good was uh, basically after they think that Burns is dead they have to continue with this um kind of a funding meeting, I guess is what it was. It was yeah. like to get people that had just lost a bunch of money, like Burns had to go speak at. And uh, they they put him up on hooks. And I'm just so queasy as a person that it oh, really like, grossed me out. Ooh, yeah. We get the return of this, the hook smiles that were in the Halloween episode ah. um, where the Flanders is are running everything. And yeah. yeah. Um, and it's I just also so say like gross. the dentist episode. You oh yeah, see a little bit of that too. It's just really gross. It's a gross thing that the Simpsons love to do. Um, <laughs> and uh, we get like blood coming out of his ear. <laughs> and that like... blood coming out? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so gross to me, but it's also funny. It's just so, it was just bizarre for me to watch. Like it, I don't know. It's kind of like I feel like it would be like. My mom has a life outside of me, like, and just kind of like seeing her do something fun and be like, you're, but you're mom. (laughs) You're supposed to be mom. Yeah. So we're seeing the weekend at Bernie's thing literally in the last two minutes of the episode. Mm -hmm. And he's sort of being, you know, like a a living marionette. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Puppeteered. 
And then later we see it goes, you know, off without a hitch. Great, great, great. And then backstage, you know, Burns kind of just comes to and goes, great job. Like, I was alive the whole time. And then, but he's still on these strings. And we end the episode where he is ordering them to puppeteer his limbs to slap both <laughs> yeah. Smithers and Homer. And again, I was watching this with Mike and he was just like, God, what a bizarre way to end this episode. Yeah. It just, it is funny though. A little tag. It was interesting. Mr. Burns, you're alive. Yes, I regained consciousness during my big dance number. <laughs> Those strings pulling me every which way jostled my heart from its slumber. And you wanted to take him to the hospital. Oh, and you didn't? Well, the worm has finally shown its fangs. Smithers, make me slap him. You call that a slap? Make me slap you. Now both. Now just you. Now give me a taste. <laughs> now both again. Mm. Now all three. Excellent. I could tell it was going to end there, not just because I know how long TV is, but just because like <laughs> there's no way to get out of that. Yeah. Um, but I, I did, I did, I did like it. It's stupid, I will say. I think it's stupid, but yeah. I think that's kind of where the humor comes from in this particular episode. You have smart humor and you have dumb humor, and this happens to be the latter mm -hmm. to me. Um, but. Uh, you know, he's ordering and it just feels very like Three Stooges-y and just yeah. like he's saying like, OK, now hit you. Now hit him. Now give me a taste. That yeah. that did make me laugh. Right. You know what I will say? I mean, so I don't I don't exactly know what went on in the writer's room when they were um, brainstorming this episode, but I'm kind of <laughs> glad and I would like to know. I would like to speak to all of your mothers, but um, uh, I'm kind of glad that they didn't try to force heart. Or a grounding in this episode because I feel like it would have been a little too, too little too late with it. You know, I feel like as far as this episode goes, they probably had, you know, an inkling of let's just have this be, you know, a big jokey, absurd episode. And, you know, let's just lean into that so that we don't. Yeah, I don't there's know, no pathos here or anything. We don't there's need no, it like, in every episode. There's maybe. no kind of. General, there's no lesson. Yeah, there's no, like, what's the point in the sense that other than them just wanting to, it almost seemed like it was maybe something that, and I think I read on Wikipedia that it was maybe just, it's this thing that we wanted to do for a while, so let's just do it. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's past the point where in their minds they could have a really serious discussion about it, so they just let it be. Um, and maybe maybe that is the part of not having it be like Bart or Lisa or Maggie uh, being a coming a stunner. Like, I wonder if, if they, <laughs> Maggie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Maggie's smoking weed. No, like, I wonder if by having it be Homer, they kind of it kind of made it so that they didn't have to do like a big like moral, kind of right, moral right. or anything. Like a very we know special episode. episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and even with that, you know, we talk a lot about how they kind of go after Simpsons uh, episode ideas and that it has to it has to involve the key family. It has to involve them in some way. And even with that, we see this is way more of a Homer and Springfieldian episode than it is really even Homer and Marge. We see Marge opposing his new lifestyle yeah. and she's kind of being that typical, um, you know, like whiny wife that she can kind of dip into, which I don't enjoy fully but I understand that she would have this opposition to him. Um, but this is really more just sort of Homer off-roading and his own like <laughs> little adventure. And we get more Otto than we get other characters. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, we talk about um, a lot of the later episodes tend to focus on, you know, comic book guy or Agnes Skinner or, or like all these different characters. Um, I feel like this is the beginning of that sort of transition that not so much scraping the bottom of the 
barrel, not at all. But just like, what do you do when you've already told 12 13 years, yeah, 13 yeah. years worth of stories? Um, you know, how do you continue to sort of reinvent the way that you you describe this world and you explore these characters? Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so which character would you say that you do relate to the most if it's not Smithers? Uh, yeah, if it's not Smithers. Um, I mean, I also feel like Elisa a lot, mm-hmm. but I also feel like I'm maybe like Elisa mixed with a Homer. Really? Where it's yeah. like, I want to I wanna have that kind of forward momentum optimism that Homer has in his dumbness where he's just always like trying to, you know, just kind of like, I mean, he just wants to, he just wants things to always be good and nice and like that kind of thing. But then I, again, I'm very much like a Lisa where it's just, you know, I, I mean, to me, my favorite stuff about Lisa is even though she is like, you know, works hard and does all that stuff, she's, she's still kind of a rebel in that sense. And, I, and that's what I really like about her a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that rebellious side of you, that sort of righteousness that I like about Lisa is the part that I relate to the most. But then also like, yeah, I don't know. Home, home release. I feel like I'm living in between that space somewhere. I so. love that. That's a good yeah. good space to live in. Yeah, I like that too. And and I love how you describe Lisa too because I I see that as well. Like I think that if she were just all self righteous all the time, she'd be the most obnoxious person ever. But then we see that in certain episodes where she gets a little too up on her high horse, and then yeah. she gets kind of caught. Um, the best example I can think of is um, Lisa the Iconoclast, um, which is like one of the greatest episodes of The Simpsons ever, and it. I feel maintains one of the um, best and strongest themes of The Simpsons is not ruining other people's joy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that she can so easily, if she were a real person walking around, she could so easily get to Facebook and get to her sort of soapbox (laughs) and like really block some people, um, especially now with our political times currently. Um, But I love that she gets humbled. And I think that that's a really important lesson to have as well, that you could be very bold and very brave in in your um, thinking of how the world should work. But you also don't have all the answers, which could be the Homer part yeah, yeah. that you're referencing that kind of catches you. Yeah. And I like and I like when Homer and Lisa are together a lot. So that's kind of my favorite. Those are yeah, my favorite episodes. I love, yeah, I I love um, those Homer Lisa episodes, Daddy Daughter Day kind of stuff. Um, not just because they do a good job on The Simpsons with those dynamics, but um, Homer reminds me so much of my dad in that way, in those Aww. specific episodes. Not this episode, but like those kind of tender <laughs> episodes. And so I feel like a genuine warmth toward it. Just feels like, you know, a hug. Yeah. Aww, <laughs> like a s'more. Like yeah. a s'more. Way yeah. to bring it back. <laughs> back around. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for talking to us about this episode. No, I had such a great time. I'm, I'm glad I got to... Uh, bring up an episode that maybe you guys haven't been thinking of but um, yeah I hope it I mean, I guess, does it want to make you want to go see newer episodes or is this more like, does, or does this make you want to just deal more with the the meaning and the pathos and stuff like that? Um, I would say a little bit of the first, sure. you know, but I definitely like the ones that deal more with the meaning and the pathos. But I, I mean, it's, this is a fun reprieve from that. I mean, it's like, I mean, with any other, po- I mean, no other podcast has the task that you both have, which is like this whole history and so, I, like, I think that's so cool that you guys just jump around and and just go with where people like. It's not that it's like podcasts and TV podcasts have to go in order, and it's kind of nice that like I think that's really cool that you can just talk about the things that you want to talk about, and then you can create your own connections between the show and what you love about it because it 
I mean, it would probably be impossible, but I'm sure somebody would want to like, I'm sure somebody's like, I'm going to start a Simpsons podcast where I start from the first. They did. Oh my God. I know. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. in... It's called the Simpsons show. Oh my yeah. gosh. I, I think I'm it's as old as the Simpsons. Cause I think it started in like April, 1987 or like one of the dates is yeah, in 87. Yeah. I thought it was 88, but I guess I'm I well, mean, no, maybe I'm. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. It's but... to be argued on the internet. Like, oh all, yeah, what's the official things? starting date of <laughs> yeah. the Simpsons? I think because some people track it from the first appearance on the Tracy Ullman show, and some people track it from the first time it's the bona fide Simpsons uh, oh, okay. show on Fox. Because I feel, yeah, I feel like I heard one number where it was like April '87 or or like somewhere in '87, and yeah. it's like I'm I was born in 1987, so it's like, yeah, just be, I mean, I haven't actually watched the show new episodes in. I, I don't even know when, right. but if anything, uh, listening to your podcast makes me want to just download the F, the FX app right now and just yeah, it should it's, it's the so best. Good. And then even just hearing other episodes of people talking about those great, the you know the actual like genuine classics is like oh yeah that's right this like because Futurama is my favorite TV show, um, and you know my favorite Futuramas are the ones that. Um, you know, have that genuine feeling. So yeah. it's like I'm in a way listening to your podcast uh, has helped me remember that The Simpsons was like that at one point in like mm -hmm. the earlier seasons. So mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Oh, thank, thank you. Um, where can people find um, your stuff? I know that everyone's going to be wanting to listen to the cat podcast, of oh, course, yeah. which you were featured in O Magazine. Oh, that's so huge. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Um, you can find uh, you can find me at Stephen Ray Morris. That's Stephen with an uh, with a V. I was going to say Stephen with an S. That's very strange. Uh, I love that, though. <laughs> uh, Stephen with an S. That's Julia with a J and Allie with an A. Um, yeah. You can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Stephen Ray Morris. And then the Percast has three R's in it. The Percast uh, on Instagram. Uh, well, and wherever you download podcasts. Um, yeah, uh, Percast on Twitter and Instagram. And then I also do a podcast with my friend uh, Annalise where we talk about um, pop songs. So we'll pick like Britney Spears or the Ronettes or like Elvis or the Beatles or Beyonce. And then we'll talk about one song a week. That's called Popular Music, the podcast. Uh, pop music podcast on social. Oh, fine. Um, that's that's really fun. We're going to, as of recording this episode of uh, this podcast, we're going to release a Blink-182 one soon. So. <gasps> Oh, cool. um, so yeah, so you can find all the stuff there. Obviously, my favorite murder. Uh, I feel like everyone listens to it already. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're rock stars. Um, I love it. Cool. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much again. Yeah, thanks, Allie. Thanks, Julia. Allie, where can people find you? Julia, thank you for asking oh my me. Gosh, um, you can find me at Allie Gertz on all of the things. Julia, where can people find you? Thank you so much for asking me as well. Um, you can find me at Julia Prescott on all the things. And um, thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. Again, like we said, we're going to have uh, sweet treats coming your way soon <laughs> um that's not just episodes but other things like merch and stuff like that because hey we made a bunch of merch and mm -hmm. might as well um you know send it your way so patreon.com slash simpsons pod um email us at everything's coming up simpsons at gmail.com for you know uh comments concerns about our mental health um uh compliments all those things and yeah continue to support feral audio and all that good stuff and we will see you next week all right bye bye Feral Audio